Well, hey, welcome everybody. This is uh, Toast to Love. Uh, I'm Isaac McJimsey, and this is uh, the beautiful, the one and only Jackie McJimsey, my bride. And um, today we're, we're delving into an interesting topic uh, that we want to discuss called serving your spouse and balancing that out with, with service in the church or service mm -hmm. in ministry. And we have two, two wonderful people today, two people that mm -hmm. we uh, have met and, and uh, highly respected and just wanted to bring them on, uh, Pastors Ken and Beverly Jenkins. Mm -hmm. And they are uh, they're out of St. Louis, Missouri. I think their church is located, is it Florissant? Uh -huh. Florissant, Missouri, which is, is that a suburb of, of St. Louis? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh -huh. Okay, good deal. We, we, we have them on and uh, we met them at a marriage retreat uh, about two months ago. And uh, it's just been a, a great, great fellowship and uh, we definitely received. So we wanted to bring them on and, and ask them some questions. And uh, first thing we want to just delve into is, is just get a, uh, idea of, of who our guests are um, for those who are in other countries, for those who are in other parts of the United States, um, who our pastors are, who, who the pastors are of the Refuge and Restoration Church. Hey guys, talk to us a little bit about the concept of your church. Um, you know, I'm a little bit more old school. You know, I was reading up about the Sale Church. Talk to us about your philosophy of just having a sale ministry or sale church in, in your community. Yeah. You want to? No, I, I think it, it really stems from our um, desire to be relational with people. Um, you know, we didn't, we didn't know any other churches that was doing sale ministry. But one thing we did know is that God uh, actually verbally gave me a prophetic word years ago before I went into ministry and she said that God had called me to pastor, but that it would be different. And uh, I didn't know what different meant. And so, um, you know, we just kind of began to serve and, and walk out the process. But one thing we always knew was that um, we had to be able to engage with people beyond just those few hours on Sunday. Mm -hmm. And so I think our ministry philosophy, and it really started to uh, kind of shape out like the book of Acts you know, how, um, you know, the apostles uh, were gathered together daily in fellowship, prayer, and breaking the bread, you know, in apostles' doctrine. And that's really the basis for Acts chapter 2, you know, those verses, you know, 42 and on. There's really that whole belief that there had to be intimacy among believers in order for us to manifest the presence of God, you know, and, and that's kind of where we've been from the beginning. Gotcha. Awesome. You know, um, sale ministry is, uh, you know, it, it kind of came through and it kind of, it was, uh, you know, it was a season for it to see. So see a, a church to live by that philosophy is just so encouraging because it's doing life together. What were, what has been some of the challenges or some of the things you guys have had to navigate um, with COVID-19, I mean, this is, this is a unique year in itself, but how have y'all navigated, you know, the world of COVID-19, but still staying authentic to what God has, has shown you to do in, in, in your ministry? Yeah. So, um, I think it, it kind of happened kind of mm. naturally. Um, so because the, 
the congregation was kind of used to being um, in small groups or, you know, like sail pods. <laughs> so they were kind of already activated to keeping up with each other and uh, paying attention to who's missing uh, within their group or who's kind of mm -hmm. lagging behind. So it kind of was, uh, it was really interesting because it was kind of a natural, a natural yeah. progression. So when we had to move to more of like a pivot to a virtual format altogether, it, um, it just worked. It seemed like people were now learning the virtual world, <laughs> right. the technical side of it. That's the part that we had to kind of like dive yeah. in and kind of help, um, you know, with, right. with some of our, our older congregation. Me um, too. <laughs> yeah, us, us too, right? Right, right, us too. So we, yeah. we all had to learn yeah. this virtual world. But as far as the um, the companionship and the, and the, the relationships that were built, they were already um, checking on each other. And, mm -hmm. and of course, you know, we weren't doing any in-home um, visits or anything like that, but people were dropping off stuff to people's houses. I, I remember, and this is a yeah. funny story. Yeah. So everybody was scurrying around getting toilet paper. And, <laughs> and I saw everybody doing that, right? But I was like, I'm not going over there and fighting them people for that toilet paper, right? So I didn't have any toilet paper. So, <laughs> so our church was like, oh, we will bring toilet paper to you, Pastor. So we had like tons of toilet paper. They were just dropping it off at the door. You know, just, <laughs> I, yeah, we were just thankful, you know, yeah. but it was, it was really a picture. And I know yeah. it's over something small like toilet paper, but seeing the body function as the body, That's just right. Paper but was you a remember blessing, too, you know, was, yeah. we put a table out oh, yeah. on our, our front. Uh, <laughs> we had a table, so in the front of our house, it's like a little porch area, I guess. And we had a table out there, and people we would just sit stuff out that people need, they come get it, and they yeah. leave stuff that we need, right? And this went on, I mean, it could be food, toilet paper, sanitizer, and yeah. it was just organic. People yeah. was checking on each other, and we say, you know, we'd be like, we had a Lysol, we show up later that day, we leave out, come back, it's Lysol outside, yeah, you know. And then we would put stuff out, and we got the little camera in the house, and we see people come by, and we <laughs> take one. They would take everything. They would get one yeah, and leave stuff leave for it. other people. Yeah. But it they was, always it's always yeah. funny to see people on camera because for whatever reason, people run up to the door, and then they run away. And it's like, <laughs> I was like, why does everybody run away from the oh, door? Yeah. It, was, it was pretty interesting. <laughs> Nobody walks away from the door. They always run. Like, always run. Oh, you know, what a beautiful, what a beautiful picture of, of God. What a beautiful yeah. picture of, of him and his bride just interacting. I mean, that's yeah. that's what it's about. That's, that's you know, at the essence of it. You know, um, I'm I'm being specific with my questions because I believe y'all are too, uh, and you hear that southern twang over here. Yeah, I believe y'all are uh, too busy people. You have a lot on your plate. Tell tell us about this R and R project. You know, give us a idea. Of, I mean, I don't want to highlight you guys as superstars, but I do think you guys are doing it the way God intended. Um, talk to us about this R and R project and these these pillars, these five pillars. Uh, what, what is that all about? Yeah. So I, I'll give you the history of it, and I'll let him <laughs> tell you about all the pillars and stuff. But I, I would, I would, we would be remiss if we didn't tell you where it came right. from. It really is a a God story, yeah. mm -hmm. and so um, it's his it's his vision. And so um, we he he just began um, having us kind of pen this idea at first it wasn't a vision at first just on paper and um we live in an area that there's one part of the area where there's like an abandoned shopping plaza and it's um, <laughs> an area of town that um 
I guess people kind of, it's, it's right dead center of, and everybody in America and, and in the world knows what happened in Ferguson, Missouri. So this piece of property sits right in the middle of Ferguson. It's in the Dalewood area. And um, we just kept passing this piece of property for years because our family lives in the Dalewood, Ferguson area. And um, we'd pass by and we'd go, wow, that'd be a great place to house everything that the Lord wants to do, you know, in, in one location. And so we just started pinning these, these things on paper. Um, I took a trip to Haiti, um, probably maybe a year and a half later after we just started writing stuff on scratch paper. And um, just make a long story short, a pastor there, his name is Pastor Jude, um, just began to like pray. And, um, and he just called me out and he said, hey, what you're um, writing at home, he said that God wants you to be the architect of his vision. And, and I was like, you know, and I'm not really um, an emotional kind of person. So I just kind of was like, that's great, you know, and, and yay, you know, but I didn't, I didn't really, you know, <laughs> I was like, that's good. And, but he started to list um, mm -hmm. the things that I had written on paper. And yeah. so then now, I'm like, now my attention, I'm like, yep. Yeah, All right. That, that's, I hear the Lord, you know, and I'm, the Lord was speaking before, but that's just my, <laughs> this is right. who I am. And it's so, uh, <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah. And so he, the Lord woke me up. He was like, "Hey, I'm speaking to you." So, uh, <laughs> everything that he spoke about was written um, out in a journal in a little small piece of paper at home. And um, so he said, "Go back home and um, tell your husband about the plans that the Lord has given, and um, and and start the work." And immediately, I was thinking, "We don't have, we don't have." any resources to start this kind of work lord and he said it doesn't matter so immediately i'm thinking this but i didn't say it out loud and he said and i know you don't have the resources to start the work <laughs> but start the work and so um i went home we gathered a team of bright-minded people that are just millennials and just you know just 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 from all walks of life that are within our church some without of our that are not within our church as well <laughs> And I've started working on the plans. And so, and then you can kind of, yeah. you can bring them up to speed to where that goes from there. Yeah. It, and it was, it's, it's been a, um, a God walk. It's been amazing. So, you know, we, we wrote everything out once we, she got back from Haiti. Uh, this guy gives us a word that we're supposed to draw a paint this whiteboard in our office. And we like, ah, we kept hesitating. <laughs> and so we finally did it. And we write out these points that God said, the first thing he said, was that we would do this project without debt. And we didn't have any clue how much it would cost. Uh, we just said, okay. So we started to go walk through this process and we just started to see God's hand, the miraculous work of God. So keep in mind, it starts on a scratch paper with, with no money, no connections, no anything but God. And so what God starts to do is connect all the pieces. So first meeting I have after we got our team together and uh, starts to build out sort of the vision. Uh, uh, Wash U, the university, Washington University here, which is the leading, one of the leading universities in the country, their business school produces these top flight business consultants. Well, we share with them our project and they decide to take it on and work with us for a whole semester at no cost. And so they build out our financial analytics, our customer analytics. They do our demographic studies. They do everything. And so this starts this snowball effect. And so God keeps connecting all of his people. So we build out these pillars and then we get this stuff together. And we don't tell anybody about it. We just working kind of underground, undercover. We don't tell the church. There's just a handful of people that know about it. 
but God is moving miraculously, keep connecting people. And then we, then he releases us to share the vision. And, uh, and I'll share this because uh, people know about it, but uh, we start talking to people about it. And our first monetary donation was a pledge for a million dollars. And we didn't even ask for it because we didn't know how to. We'd never done it before. And so the, the, the people we're sharing a vision with says God tells them to do this. Right. And so it keeps happening like this. And people keep connecting and God keeps sending people. So these pillars, really the vision that God gave was to create equitable access in our community uh, with the bank access to capital, you know, entrepreneur center, you know, uh, giving access to entrepreneurs and building capacity around entrepreneurs, early childhood learning center to really uh, begin to educate our children at an early age to kind of curb that prisoner pipeline, but also provide uh, capacity for our single moms who go to work and can't keep jobs because of childcare. And then employment training, taking employment training. We've done employment training for over 23 years. Um, I used to be a headhunter. Beverly was also in the uh, retained search uh, industry. And so uh, instead of doing soft skills training, like we always do, we'll continue to do it but adding specific career path to build capacity in IT, healthcare, geospatial, and the trades. Um, God just began to give us all the details. And of course, our church, and he, and he even made us look at the church different. So instead of the church just being in the building to do church, all of our community partners are in that facility. So we'll, with the church. Uh, with the church. Mm -hmm. So we'll address behavioral health issues. We'll, uh, we have partners for behavioral health, opioid addiction, uh, also uh, food insecurity, uh, a lack of arts and creativity in the community, particularly in our high schools and colleges. And all of these partnerships, God just began to put in place. And then we're also in discussions about uh, possibly having a healthcare component as well. But these <clears> things <throat> kept being formed out by God. And so as God developed these things, he kept sending the resources, he kept sending people, he kept sending the experts. And so for each pillar, we have a industry expert that has aligned with us, you know, and so we don't have to be the experts. Um, you know, we're, we're in relationship, but we watch God do all of this. And so to be where we're at today, um, we're pretty close to, miracle. to <laughs> yes, absolute miracle. Because right. the, the total project cost, which is public knowledge, is almost $16 million. We started with nothing. When I say nothing, I really literally Probably mean negative. that. When I say <laughs> nothing. Negative. And, uh, and God's word is still standing true. And so uh, it's mind blowing to us now that the people that have gotten behind it, you know, from the mayor to uh, the, our county executives, you know, to um, community leaders, uh, business leaders, corporations, uh, and, and they know that we are pastors. So there's no pushback. They're not going, hey, you guys are, you know, uh, faith, you know, uh, you know, faith organization, yeah. your components of faith in the church of all. People are going, hey, this is needed. It makes sense. We see the impact. It's been mind blowing, you know. And, you know, so that's yeah. kind of been that story, you know, behind the R and R project. Well, it is is uh, inspirational to us just to hear it. I'm sure as uh, we, you know, we get this episode out, it's, it's, I know a couple of pastors in this area. It will be inspiring too, and just what a testimony. Um, you know. Um, God, I'm, I'm going to stay in this vein because I just feel like, you know, this story needs to be told across, across the country. It's, 
it's probably so familiar to you guys because you're in the middle of it. But for other people in other parts of the country, this yeah. is very inspiring. Um, I was looking on your site and saw the, the terminology. What's the difference between equity and equality? Talk, talk to us about that because <laughs> when I saw that, I was like, I'm definitely going to ask them about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure you'll add on to that. But our, our favorite thing about that is that, you know, I, I, I just, I think it's the same thing. So I'll give you an example when it comes to um, what we talk about things that are available and things that are accessible. Okay. Um, it's the same, same, same line is that a lot of things are available to our community, but we don't have any access to them. Um, and so um, same thing with equity. Um, equality says that you have a water fountain to drink out of, there's a white water fountain and then there's a black water fountain. Um, my water fountain is still mine, but it may not be, it'd be subpar. That's the, to us, the definition of equality is that um, it's, it's, I have the same thing you have, but it's not as, um, it's efficient. not as efficient. Yeah, as effective. Right. Um, but we've got the same thing. We've got the access to the same thing or it's available to both of us. Um, equity means that we both come to the table with the same resources, the same manpower, the same ability to be able to accomplish the same goals um, that, that other communities have as well. So one of the questions that people ask us all the time, like for instance, we're, we're adding a banking partner to our, um, to, we've added a banking partner to our um, five pillars. It was always there, but they always, the question usually is, is that, well, why do you need another one of those, you know, in that community? And it's, and the difficulty that, of, of someone asking that it's to me that's an equality question right. um, so you have one already <laughs> why do you need another right. one well just like you have options in your community there you go. yeah i want options in my community so options equal equity i have options you have options i have the ability to walk into a bank and all banks do different things and mm -hmm. so i want to be able to have the option to talk to the best <clears throat> mortgage company or the best lending company possible with my funds, just like you have the option to have the best lending company with your funds. And so, so that's, um, it kind of in a nutshell, you have a better definition, a biblical well, definition that I love. That well, is, uh, I, I think one of, one of the things that challenges people, having equality means you just give me, the, give me what you have. But if I'm at a disadvantage or there's roadblocks, if you just give me what you have, it doesn't catch me up to where you are. That's yeah. right. So right. Equity requires risk. Equality doesn't. So with equity, it may mean I have to give you more to get you where I am. Mm -hmm. it may, and, and it's really what Jesus did on the cross. You know, God doesn't reconcile us from heaven. He becomes a man. That's right. And he becomes like us and walk like us and with us. And then he gives his life for us to give us equity. By definition, biblical definition, the word righteousness means equity. And so when we talk about as Christians um, to be equitable with somebody, we're really living out the call to be righteous. And so, and many people miss that because exactly it's what God does in becoming a man, becoming Jesus and dying for us. And so, but the challenge for people, particularly in this type of community development work, is that equity costs you more than often you want to give. We're okay with giving the pe person a sandwich, but like Beverly always says, uh, I want to own the pond. You know, give me the ability to yeah, decide I, I want, when I want to fish. I don't want to fish anymore right. in a pond that 
that is only stocked to a certain level. That's right. <laughs> right. If I own the pond, then I stock it the way I want to. And I know? fish when I want to. And I fish when I want to. Yeah. And I give out I fish. Yeah, yeah. We, right. we give out of that resource um, without having to, um, and for lack of a better word, without having to beg. Um, and I think that's one of the things that people think that people are, we're, that we're asking for something that um, yeah. is, is um, it, it becomes like a, um, a, a begging mentality or a socialism kind of outlook. And it's not, it's simply saying that um, don't, don't bar the door. Yeah. Um, you know, the same door you walk through, don't close it behind you. That's yeah. all we're saying. We're not asking and, for. And get out of the way of the door. Yeah. Not asking for anything, um, no gifts, no, you know, mm -hmm. not asking you for, you know, for any, what do you call it? Uh, handouts. Yeah, like or, handouts yeah. Or, or, you know, or when we say give to a resource to make it even to another level, we're not saying give to that level to make it even. We're just simply saying, don't, um, don't close the, the door that allows me to get to that level, um, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So, so we have a lot of discussion about that. Like that's there's like a, that's like a uh, what do you call it? whole sticking point to I think this whole project that yeah. equity is the baseline for that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, this is great stuff. I mean, I wanted to get into, I want, I'm gonna segue, but I wanted to get into the drive by blessings. It makes me think about this, you know, <laughs> with your drive by blessings, and I love this, the scripture, the Acts twenty and thirty five. You know where it concludes it's more blessed to give than to receive yes. that's one level of service that's one level that's right. of but what y'all are describing kind of segues us into marriage mm -hmm. um and i'll just tell a short story when we first got married i was all about service um it was you know it was a cornerstone of what i believe Mm -hmm. that she would serve me <laughs> that as long as she was doing the things that I needed for her to do and serve me that was my whole concept of service and, and quite shamedly and we've lived where we have the last uh, 18 19 years my slogan was I'm the king at 116 that's our dress yeah. and, <laughs> and 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 I ran you know not ran our house but I had that philosophy yeah just being ignorant that hey everybody in here is supposed to serve me i go out and make a living for us and it you know which you know god delivered me from that thank, thank you thank you. <laughs> thank you lord but, <laughs> yeah i needed that i needed that at that time but but now seeing the, the whole philosophy of service and creating a culture of service is kind of what you're saying with equity because if i only serve jackie the way i want to serve jackie yeah. or she's only serving me the way she wants to serve me then how well am i really serving you know yeah. and, and so we want to kind of uh table that or kind of balance that with with you guys and kind of ask some questions about service because y'all you guys seem to have a service oriented church a philosophy a ministry that uh believes in serving people you know yeah. with all of that going on with all the projects a 16 million dollar project wait a minute let me say that again 16 million dollar project <laughs> to to just begin the process i mean the lives that you guys are going to affect and change and the the, the generations that y'all will affect 
will probably influence hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. by the time all things are said, or even billions of dollars. With all of that going on, leading the people, family, kids, grandkids, <laughs> um, I'll throw this in. I even saw Pastor even slide in. A, he was watching a, a football game uh, of, of your son with everybody's schedule, with how busy you guys are. How do you find time to serve one another? You know, it's, that's a, it's a good question. But I, I think this project taught me something really important. Um, you start identifying really your, your place in the assignment that God has given you. So for instance, God did not give me the vision for this project, even wow. though people want to attribute it to me because they're used to, I'm, I'm usually the person out front, I'm doing the most talking. Mm -hmm. But what happened in this project is none of the stuff that's happening would be happening without Beverly. The details, the vision. And what I realize is she birthed this vision. I'm just carrying it. So yes. I'm out front often. I'm talking about it. I'm, and so it's taught me even more just in a greater way to um, really understand how to walk together as one. You know, how to walk in equity, how to serve my wife. And so for us, we don't separate marriage and ministry and all of this other stuff. If you see me at a football game, yeah. we, you see us serving our children. That's right. You know, so, so whatever they need. So if he need new shoes, new, new, new gloves, a, a mouthpiece, that's, we, we view that as serving because we want to be And a loud mom on the south loud side. Loud mom. <laughs> <laughs> you get a football game. Can't have that without mom. Yeah, right. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so we, we kind of see it all the same, yeah. you know, and uh, okay. you know, Beverly said something, we were driving home from a vacation, um, and um, she said, what if we could live in marriage without expectations? Wow. And I thought, I, I didn't like it. I was like, um, <laughs> I was like, that don't sound right. You know, and so. so <laughs> That's a new concept. You, right, right, you right. messed me up. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, is, is, is like, it? How does that work? Yeah, right. Shouldn't I expect like some things from you? <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't. I that's couldn't. Great telling. Yeah, that I, sounds funny, doesn't it? Yeah. Shouldn't I expect some things from yeah, you? Yeah, I'm like, I, I expect some things. There's some things like, what's wrong with that? Right. But as we as we began to really think about it from a God perspective, that's right. Right. Um, isn't it more blessed? if somebody bless you and you're not expecting them to do it. Right. Wow. Like, like think about, think about the fact that I expect my wife to cook. Or I expect her to do this. What if I threw that all out? Okay. See, the fear is if I don't expect it, she ain't going to do it. If I don't, really, our expectations are demands. That's what they That's really right. That's, That's right. But yeah. what happens Cause it was scary. She, we kept talking about it as we were driving. I'm thinking, this ain't from the Lord. This, this, can't, <laughs> this, can't, this can't be from God. This is a trick. Right. But, but as we walk down that journey, um, what I realized is that um, you can't. You, 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 it's, it's a different whole mindset. You know, when you, when you think about letting expectations go. You know, it's, it's a completely different mindset and, and not like you said, being the king at 116, we all <laughs> ought to be that. Yeah. We, so what happens when you're willing to 
set the crown down mm -hmm. and become the servant because the servant going to be the greatest. The greatest. That's right. <laughs> That's and, um, and, and so this has taught us a lot, you know, so I, I've learned mm -hmm. how to take that position because being a servant, I'm the greatest in my house. Mm -hmm. I, I got to be the greatest servant. And really what we've done in marriage is made our wives the greatest. Right. You know, they outserve us. Oh, most definitely. Because we expect them to outserve us. Yes, sir. And so, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's been a journey. I mean, it, this project for us is not a project. It's, it's been transformational. Real you know? love. <laughs> yeah, just seeing God and, and us working together and uh, serving one another and really understanding how to submit to one another. Mm -hmm. Asked a question though. I think it was really good about yeah. um, time. Like, what is it that you know? How do you? Yeah. How do you? I guess the balance of it all. Like, how do you make that work? And um, we're really intentional about our time, um, so that meaning that we we map our time like very. We don't allow like for instance like just Friday is our day. Um, we are real yeah. intentional about not putting any meetings on that day. Mm -hmm. um, anyone, even if, even with other people who think that's their emergency, we, we, we are real intentional about not making it ours. Yeah. And so right. um, oh, yeah. It, it'll hold until um, either a Saturday or a Monday, but Friday is our day. And it, it, Friday has more, Saturday was really like our family yeah. day. And Friday was our, um, like our day Ooh, where day. we kind of, yeah. yeah, like date day, we just hung out all, all day is us. And then, um, but our kids have taken over Fridays yeah, because COVID. of COVID. COVID. <laughs> yeah, they took over. <laughs> they took it. So, <laughs> and, and, they, and it was funny because we have a 24-year-old and a 15-year-old that are at home. And, um, and they both value that time yeah. so much. Yeah. Like, they plan it. We don't plan the family um, times. They're saying, oh, we're making pizza. We're oh, making yeah. cookies tonight. Or we're doing this. And yeah. um, the, the blessing for us is to watch a 24-year-old and a 15-year-old want to interact with their parents. Um, we're like, we will take it. We will, you know, we'll, as long as they want to do it, we, yeah. we keep, you know, we're just, we're just, we're intentional about making sure. Mm -hmm. And then um, our um, people in our church is really interesting because of the way I think, because of the way we do church, um, they're very intentional too about their time. So our church has specific downtime where we don't. So December 17th, I think is the last yeah. day until the end of the new year. Our church goes on shutdown. Okay. And just um, <clears throat> specific, yeah, we'll just do the worship service. But as far as all the other weekly activities, we don't do any of those weekly activities. It's just, it's family time. Yeah. You just, you spend in that time reconnecting with your family, um, making sure that you all are on the right page. And it's because it's yeah. hard to do ministry and not have a good, solid um, home base. When, yeah. you, when, you, when you're angry at home or you're sad at home, you really, it's, it's just, it's difficult to do ministry at all. And so we've, we've really learned that um, over these years. We're, we're, we're not experts at it by any means, but um, that's, that's where we kind of are trying to live is in that space of just giving people the time mm -hmm. to, um, to re, readjust to, and then in this COVID season, readjusting has been so necessary. It's just been, yeah. you know, hey, how do you reconnect and, and how can we help you reconnect, you know? I think something is important too, when you ask about time, because we only get so much of it. And I think one of the things we learn, we separate like ministry, like most people separate ministry from their lives. Like I do ministry and then this is my life. What we've learned is to how to incorporate people into our lives and that's ministry. So we don't, we don't separate. So for instance, when you ask, like you see 
us at football games or you see us serving in a community doing food drives or drive-by blessing and then this project we look at it all as the same that's we right look at like separate things so we look at our life and we look at our times and we invite people to just come alongside of us so you know we're going to do xyz and we say hey if you want to come you can come if you don't you don't you know uh, we're going to a football game we invite hey you want to come to the game with us you can yeah. come yeah, you know or we Sometimes invite people, people on vacation yeah, with us yeah we have lots yeah. of people who are like hey where are you guys going this year we're like hey we're going to florida on this day and this day and they're like we're and several people usually yeah. jump on the bandwagon and they're like okay we're going with you guys to your vacation now we lay the rules out we're like right. hey we don't we don't do any like uh like tour a, we're not tour guys we're not. <laughs> like you can come you can but come. you know just you know we're, we're we're all doing our thing and then we'll get together maybe one night or two nights um just to have dinner all together but a lot of times that's just the space because because yeah. we're we're the same in that space as we are at home mm -hmm. so we're, we're not afraid to take people on the journey with us we're like okay you, you can definitely you can come come and hang out that's an important word i think you know you just use the word journey and yeah. we are that's a we're really big on that you know as we we all have this life we're all trying to journey in this life together and you can come come along we want to journey with you we want yeah. you to journey with us you know that this is a this is going to be a quest we're going to be on and yeah. we want to come with us follow us as we follow christ because we yeah. Yeah. we plan on doing that so let me ask you a question how did you guys meet <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. No, it's it's actually. Should I give you a version. No, I got the best version. I got, I got the accurate version. All right, give me your version. No, I'm. I, actually, my younger brother used to Beverly worked with my younger brother, okay. and um, and he wanted us to meet. He kept bothering her about meeting me, and and so we finally met. And so I came up to her job. And she met me and she saw me and she fell in love. I mean, it was just. <laughs> That's what it was. It was just that. It was just right. that. It was, it was like, it. you know, right. I met this guy and I want to marry him. That's you know? it. Right. We, we got engaged pretty quick, though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we, we did. did. We were engaged. I think we, we met in September, September and we were engaged in December. Wow. wow. That is a. I met you. It's time. Just to knew. Go. You knew. When you know that. When you know what you know, you just get right to it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So do you guys think that being married to each other has shaped or changed you guys as people? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. no doubt. Right. Beverly, li li I, uh, I didn't believe a lot of things in myself. Okay. I thought I did. Mm -hmm. But she would see things in me and say, you can do that. Wow, and, and it would be. I always say this to Beverly. She sees further than I see. Okay. Like, like I, I always thought, you know, I was a go getter and I could achieve things. And she would say something to me that was way beyond what I thought I could achieve. And so, definitely capacity. You know, she stretched um, my capacity and um, and what I believed about myself, and even in my walk with Christ. Oh, yeah. That's awesome. Isn't that awesome to have somebody you're doing life with, you know, other than Christ, the most important person to you, they're encouraging you, they're, you know, they're uh, <coughs> holding you accountable in, at times, you know, and then being a support to you. I mean, that just shows us how important marriage is yeah. to, to 
that young couple, because we know what it's like when you're 19 and 18 and you're yeah. bright eyed and bushy tailed, the whole world is before you. What would you tell that younger couple that feels that God is calling them to serve in ministry? What, what, what advice would you give them now that you're, you're probably similar to us, you got the backdrop of experience, you got the yeah. backdrop of learning what works, what doesn't work. What, what tidbits of advice would you give that younger couple that's just coming into ministry and saying, hey, I want to serve God. I want to be of a service to the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, I, I think for me, um, one thing that I think that Ken really lend, lend himself to me in is um, consistency and really like real character. So um, I would, I would really just, I think that it's hard to give advice. Um, I, I, I find it hard, but um, I think one thing that um, I've learned is mm. that when you are authentic and true to yourself, yeah. it's easy to give out of that. Um, right. one, one thing that I know for sure is that don't allow really anybody to shape you in yeah. ministry. Um, except for, I'm talking about, I'm not talking about mentorship, but I mean, like if God is giving you a plan and this is how you, how, how he's envisioned it for you to mm -hmm. operate, whether it's to preach or whether it's mm -hmm. to sing or what, whatever it is that God is giving you to serve in whatever capacity. And those are of course things that, you know, he gives you, you have to be authentic and true to who it is that you are. Mm -hmm. Um, my husband and I, um, had the benefit of not growing up in church. So we didn't really have a backdrop for church. Right. Um, so the Lord kind of shaped us in who we were going to be in ministry. Mm -hmm. um, and so I would just simply say to a young couple that's come, stay together, mm -hmm. um, like stay in sync with one another and, um, and make sure that you agree. We have a rule in our yeah. house that if we don't, if, if someone is offering us something or even if someone is suggesting something to us, if, if one of us doesn't feel it in our spirit, we don't move. We don't do it. We don't move awesome. um, until we both have agreement um, with that. Thing. Even if we think it's a vision, if it's from God, like mm -hmm. if, if somebody says, I believe God want me to do this. Yeah. And one of us go, I ain't sure. Then we just wait. Yeah. We don't go, well, it's from God. I'm doing it. We just wait, yeah. you know, and we wait, wait to hear from God. But I want to yeah. add something to what you were saying yeah. um, is that one of the biggest takeaways I've got is that, I can't serve effectively in ministry until I know how to serve my wife. That's right. Because um, see, because what will happen is people will elevate you because of your gifts, That's you know, right. your talents and your gifts, mm -hmm. but you really are not doing ministry. You're operating in gifts. And what I've learned is that until I can submit to my wife and, 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 and really learn what it means to be a servant, to accept or intentionally make myself last, because in marriage, men make themselves first. We first before everybody. That's <laughs> right. Our wives before our kids before everything. And until we can learn how to be last, that's right. Um, you won't be effective in ministry. You you'll be it'll be flesh on display. It won't be it won't be any anointing. It won't be anything that'll destroy the yokes and remove the burdens. You'll simply just be talented, and nobody gets delivered from talent. That's Amen. Cool. Amen. Amen. No, that's, that's I'm laughing because it's hard to not laugh. I'm kind of cringe because it's hard for us to yeah. hear um, 
because even in scripture it says submit you one to another but it's hard for us to so even as a wife when he says well i'm learning how to submit to you it's hard for us to, for me to yeah. receive that or to hear that even mm -hmm. though i know the scripture yeah. says that we submit you one to another right my I've, I've always i was trained that my only job was just to submit to my husband it was That's just right. whatever he wanted whatever, it was almost like coming to america <laughs> Like, you know, whatever he like, whatever he like, whatever, right. That's old school training. And some of that still holds true. We know that there's there, that we, we, we hold on, we garner and we hold on to those things that are uh, foundational truths, right? This truth of the word. Mm -hmm. But then there's this other side that I think that we learned mm -hmm. in marriage is that submitting one to another creates a whole nother bond. Yeah. It created something for us that was more beautiful, more tasteful. And, and more pleasing to the lord it yeah. brought him more glory and um and so we, we we learned that and so i think as a younger couple um just i just i think yeah. learning not to be so rigid yeah. in oh, what it is yeah. that um <laughs> that you think should be happening yeah. you know have some flexibility you know above all you're gonna have to learn you're gonna learn how to be flexible you may as well do it in the beginning because right. you're gonna learn it <laughs> <laughs> I love Wellington Boone. He said, what we don't get by revelation, yeah. we will get by tribulation. So oh my goodness. we're going to learn it. Yeah. yeah. You know, our, our, uh, our men, one of our mentors, uh, was, we were having a conversation when we talked about launching our business in this way. Um, it's changing our philosophy on headship. Um, yeah. You know, traditionally in the church, the way headship has been taught, um, from his perspective, we've gotten the wrong definition of what the word headship means. Yeah. And so uh, he was saying that it's transformed him and his marriage wow. because um, the way we have been taught it, the culture and society yeah. and the culture in church yeah. puts us in these roles yeah. and so it's hard to detach and, and learn a better way and so yeah. we're just thankful that we are learning a better way sounds like you guys are, are working through that too and got it um yeah. and then so um you know it's just interesting because it's hard to let go of you know for you jackie and uh for you beverly and pastor ken see i grew up in church and so it's been harder for me to detach from all my yeah. life experience of church yeah. yeah, and then to embrace something new. And then there's so many people that's been in church for so long and say, this is the way my mom and them did it. This yeah. is the way yeah. our grandparents <laughs> did it. So uh, we always have a running joke that, you know, I'm a, I'm a reformed religious and she, you know, she wasn't even a believer, which, yeah actually benefited us because she didn't learn all those bad habits or all yeah. those things that uh we learned inside the church growing up and so it's, it's really helped transform me because she didn't grow up that way and so it's like what are you talking about what what do you mean like so as i would explain this stuff to her it's like wait a minute this doesn't even make sense what i'm explaining you know so um no that's good that's some good stuff so i grew up jehovah's witness okay Okay. from the age of five and it was interesting because our religion i felt like i feel like our religion was based in words yeah okay how much can you go out and do yeah mm -hmm. so many hours knocking on doors and so yeah. many hours you know training yeah and so i was works based and he was faith based, based. yeah and i'm like you don't 
Yeah, we had to merge. Yeah. <laughs> we had to merge. We had to merge, yeah. merge those. Those were, I was way too fake based. <laughs> like, you just thinking and it happened. And yeah. Like, yeah. Where did you get that from? You, you're not going to do anything? No, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> and that was a compromise because I'm like, love ain't never paid due power. That's right. That's right. But sometimes love paid due. I'm not, I can't explain how it happens. Right. But, you know, with us working together, yeah, that compromise, yeah. I think. Yeah. So that's what I came from. Yeah. That's good. I, was, I think I was a workspace. So, so we're going to light it up a little bit, folks, because we don't want to keep you guys all day. Tell us about your favorite vacation. <laughs> mm. yeah. favorite. I th I, it's funny, because we do the same thing. Uh, we, we, we are Disney World fans. <laughs> Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Disney, Disney family. So our favorite vacation is every year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Our favorite vacation is until the next one. Until so. <laughs> <laughs> next year. So are you doing Disney this year? Yeah. Yeah, we're we're doing we're doing a scary Disney trip in about two weeks. <laughs> awesome. That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. Well, that's you know the way I look at it. <laughs> The COVID is worse here in Missouri than Florida right now, so maybe we're getting away. <laughs> it's been pretty bad here, and so it's pretty bad. But yeah. you know, it might be a yeah. toss-up. Yeah, it might be a toss-up. But um, we are gonna we we head to Disney World at least once a year, um, awesome. sometimes twice, depending on um how hectic the year has been. Yeah. But our our kids, they've grown up in Disney World. Um. So one has never not been to Disney World right. all of his life. Right. Um, the other one, I think, was about since two. Right. Since she, she was on. two. Since she was two, but um, it's been a family excursion. Yeah. So usually it used to be a caravan of us that would travel to Disney World about fifty or sixty deep. Um, that just went every year in the summer. All of all of our family would get together and go. Um, so that, that was a hot trip <laughs> in the summer. Woo! <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every June or July, we would head uh, to Disney World, and um, and that's it's it's always a favorite because it, it's so many memories there for us. So, um, Ken, both Ken's parents have passed on, but um, his mom and his aunt always travel to Disney World um, with us with our family. And who's um, favorite so, park? Oh, I I don't know. Let's see. Where's yours is Epcot. No, Animal mine is King. probably Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kind of like a zoo with a park. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the hottest park though, so that part is not my favorite because I right. love I love cold. But yeah, our kids probably uh, all of them like they don't really yeah. have a favorite. They it's they love bad. to ride rides. They they live on rides all day. And oh my wait, you know what? Our twenty four year old might be Epcot because she she's a foodie, so she travels all the worlds and eats in every world. Her and her cousin. <laughs> And she's so, this big. And yeah, she just, she's this little. She, just, yeah. Enjoy yeah. that. <laughs> well, enjoy that. Well, guys, um, you know, we're, we're coming to <laughs> kind of the, the end of our segment. You know what? Um, I want to ask this question. I know it's a little bit off script, but I think it's profound. One of the things, number one, we enjoyed the retreat, uh, the uh, – the, the BIMR retreat, and we'll definitely be coming back. Every time you offer it, we'll, we'll, we'll be back. Um, it was so refreshing. One of the things that Pastor Ken said kind of deals with what we do is counseling. We counsel so many couples. Um, matter of fact, we're marrying a couple on Friday, 
And I know that that's a passion of you guys. You guys are equipped, certified, you do it. Um, one of the things Pastor Ken said, that it, it just, so some reason it stuck with me, and I think we may even had a little bit of discussion, is that um, one of the can be frustrating things is that you're trying to show couples God, but they just don't want to see God in the midst of their relationship. Um, let's let's chop that up for just a second you know as you because we experience that sometimes as well you you're giving everything that god is showing you of course you're using the techniques and stuff and ultimately you're just trying to show people that it's possible to make it in marriage it's possible to thrive if you allow god to have his way within your relationship and sometimes people don't want to see god no. and that I, it's kind of an interesting dichotomy because you're trying to show them something that will answer every yeah. question, every prayer, but they don't want to see that. Talk, talk to us about that for just a little bit as we, we close out. I, I want to say this. We, we were talking. This is kind of, it was a takeaway. So we, we used to do these intensives. Where okay. We would go book a hotel. We would spend the weekend with a couple working through these issues. <laughs> and it was so exhausting and we was doing this and and one day we were debriefing and had this i don't know if it's an epiphany or the holy ghost just came and spoke to us but we realized that at the end of the day what people didn't want to accept is that they were in sin wow. and that people whatever if it's communication issue or sex issue or adultery or they're dealing with lying or whatever it is it's all sin. And so what we started to do to challenge people, because we mostly were counseling Christian couples. That's right. Is that people would say to you, I uh, cheated on my spouse. But they would not say, I'm an adulterer. Okay. And we start challenging people because the first step of deliverance is confession. To, confession. to confess literally is to accept the condition of sin in your life That's right. Jesus don't say you slip or you <clears throat> say you are this and he calls you a thief if you stole he calls you a liar if you lie he calls you an adulterer if you go outside of your marriage he calls it what it is and what we found out is that 99 percent of people we're counseling marriage who are going through crisis rejected the ideal of confession yeah. okay all and right. so we started to just challenge people and to really deal with that first because if they don't deal with that first they're not going to repent they're not gonna you repent. can't repent from something you think you're not right that's right and so so we were spending a lot of time and we were doing all of these different things and we just kind of stepped back and said you know what we got to tell people the truth that's right, that's right. doing this you're going to hell <laughs> and, and so we we start we started to really get real direct with people, right? You know, and, um, and, and it's worked. It really it's really working. Like it's it's been. Um, I think just the truth. Yeah. Just getting to that that measure of truth. Yeah. That you know a lot of things are are true, right? But the word of God is the only truth. Yeah. So we were like, if this is what the word of God says about yeah. us as people, as as, as humans. Do we have victory over this? Yeah. So we're, let's look at how we get victory over the fact that you are an adulterer. <laughs> so that you can forgive and be forgiven and that your spouse then now has the space to forgive and, and be forgiven as well. And so we just, we were like, let's just deal in truth. 
you know, let's just deal in truth. And I, I'll say this, it, it's the, the challenge was counseling <clears throat> a lot of pastors. Yeah. Yeah. And we were having, when God got us to begin to challenge them that way, you know, that was, that was, it, we learned a lot. But what we realized is that the, the word of God yeah. is the most powerful thing in yeah, the earth. It is. And when you challenge people according to the word, particularly mm -hmm. with people who know it, yeah. they either going to have to receive it or reject it. Or reject it. But yeah. they will make a decision <laughs> one way or the other. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it's just a way, you know, I mean, we, we never have been, um, what do you call it, like an in-your-face yeah. or confrontational right. or harsh people, but definitely, like, we, yeah. we realize you, we got to tell you the truth about where you are yeah. um, so that, you know, that what it was, Ezekiel says, so that blood's not on our hands. We're like, right. we got to tell you the truth about where you are. And, um, and then we also have to receive that same truth for ourselves. So yeah. we learned that too. So the, the, the sword cuts, cuts both ways. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, most definitely. So all the stuff, we're like, okay, where's the sin at? You know, so right. that's where we're, we're learning as well. Yeah. Well guys, hey, we're, we're uh, at the end of our, our segment and I mean, I could go on and on. You guys are so easy to talk to. Um, so many jewels. Um, I, I don't know if you noticed. Every time a jewel was said, I, I was right. I was taking notes. <laughs> My mother was a school teacher, so I'm a I'm a big note taker. So okay. um, we'll reference you the first time on what you said. The next time, it's it's, it's ours. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> you know how that works. You know how that works. But um, we end every segment by doing a toast. Uh, we just want to toast you guys. I mean, right. it's and um, we're, we're just, number one, we acknowledge you, who you are in the body of Christ. We thank God for you. Um, we just pray um, as you continue in your project that uh, it, it goes exactly as God wants it to go and that all the things that have been spoken about it uh, that, that were good, that, that comes to fruition. We just pray for your your children and yeah. your grandchildren and this trip we thank you for safe yeah. travels for that and we thank you for just being a, a source of wisdom and uh just allowing uh us to interview you guys on toast to love so today we just celebrate pastors ken and beverly jenkins uh. all right good deal awesome awesome well hey we love you guys love you and uh, we look forward, uh, we, we're going to try to make a way to to St. Louis, uh, yeah. to, to you guys' area. We, we okay. don't feel like that was the only time we would ever meet you. And uh, so uh, we, who knows what God has ahead, but we Amen. definitely, Amen. definitely feel like we got friends in, in the yeah. state of Missouri. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We, we'll, we'll travel to you too. We love to travel. So. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all can, can join us on one of our Disney trips. Yes. Most definitely. That's it. That's okay. it. Next year. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Two. Put up the calendar. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you guys know early enough in advance. That's right. Good deal. Good deal. Okay. All right, guys. 